And today we have Grace. Hi, Grace. Hi, Kaiman. Hi, Lorenzo. Hi, listeners of Science Grad New Zealand. She is currently in uh, in Auckland MIQ at the moment. So um, she's halfway there. So hopefully you'll survive. You haven't started tying up bed sheets to kind of MacGyver yourself down, <laughs> down the building yet. No, not looking at making a great escape yet. Um, just looking forward to my next corona nasal swab, so... Oh yeah, how's how's that how's that going? Is it how, rate the experience out of ten? I mean, most people don't enjoy having invasive objects shoved up their nose, but you know, for the greater good, you can't really complain, right? I mean, my one coming up this week will be my fifth, I think, and they do get easier. Yeah, well, I'm I'm glad that um, you're safely back in Auckland, and then. Um, yeah, we'll talk about, I guess, what you're doing now in terms of COVID and how that's affected, I guess, your career. But um, Grace did food technology at Massey University, so we thought this would be a slightly different episode from what you guys might listen to. We do bring a lot of biomed students or biological science students, but we thought we'd diversify and kind of bring Grace in so she can kind of talk about her studies down in Massey and doing food tech. But first of all, how did you get into science? Was it kind of like, did your mum and dad kind of get involved or was it like a teacher? Like, how did you get into science? Yeah, I mean, when I was growing up, I had a lot of different career aspirations, uh, ranging from all sorts of things from, you know, vet to English teacher to archaeologist after I'd watched Indiana Jones, you know. Um, but towards the end of high school, it kind of came out that my favourite subjects were music and chemistry. So I tried to narrow my study options down to one of those two. Um, and sort of, I think in year 13, my chemistry class went on a field trip to, um, I guess, see where study in food technology can lead. And we got to visit a few different factories around the Waikato, which was quite inspiring. And I started talking to one of the food tech students that they'd brought in, you know, as an example, I guess. And he mentioned that at his summer job, you got to get two free loaves of bread a day. So, I mean, after that, I was sold. I'm like, yep, this is this is what I want to do. This is my career path. I'm destined for free bread. I mean, I think for other people, a general science degree with later specialization is great if, you know, you're less sure what exactly you want to do and you want to take more time to explore, you know, different papers and different areas of science to really discover where your passion is. But for me personally, you know, I kind of um, preferred to pursue a degree in a career with a clearer roadmap and I was quite happy with picking a kind of, I guess, more vocational degree in that sense. So it was, yeah, well, I mean, it, it does take some time to kind of figure out where you want to go in terms of what you want to do at university. So, it, I mean, there's n- nothing wrong with actually finding out what you want to do in year 13. I was going to, I thought you were going to say you went to the tip top factory and you got yourself like a nice chalk bar and then you were like, yes, that's, that is my, that is my life. <laughs> I have also visited the Tip Top Factory on several occasions, and um, hey, if anyone does want to do um, the Fonterra Graduate Program like I did, you can get jobs there, and uh, the tasting panel on a daily basis is required, so that's also an option. Yeah, well, we'll talk a bit more a bit more about that um, Fonterra Graduate Program um, a little bit later on, um, but 
yeah, so it's kind of like, like, like I said, we bring a lot of people from University of Auckland or we've got a couple from Otago as well, but, and AUT. So how was studies like in Massey in terms of your undergraduate year? What did you enjoy? What didn't you enjoy doing through Tech Down in Massey? Yeah, so, I mean, for me, it was quite important not to study in my hometown. <laughs> I mean, you know, like, I, I am quite close with my family, but during those kind of early young adult years, some distance is probably healthy. And there's, no, um, there's, so. nothing, wrong, there's nothing wrong with Hamilton, Grace. It's, but it's, there's it's, nothing wrong with it, no. <laughs> but, <laughs> well, hey, I moved from Hamilton to Palmy, so I mean... <laughs> Yeah. Well, let's, let's not bag into Palmy too much um, or Hamilton, but no, I, no it's, it, we kind of talked about this in another um, episode, like a lot of people in Hamilton do want to leave Hamilton, but then people in Auckland kind of want to stay in Auckland or they, some of them do migrate to another city, but I think a lot of people do like to leave Hamilton elsewhere to pursue something. Others, other people don't and that's fine, but yeah, it's, how was, how was Massey in your undergraduate years? Yeah, so I mean, like, obviously it's a little bit scary at first being so far away from all your childhood friends and kind of the safety net of your family as well. But I think you get a lot of personal growth there. And um is actually a pretty good place to do it. I mean, it's quite small, so it's easy to get around. It's still got, you know, most of the shops you need. It has a mall. Um, <laughs> and it's got some pretty nice halls of residence there too. So, you know, it's a good space to kind of... Um, I guess, focus on education and focus on kind of finding your way as a young adult, you know, kind of shoved into the complete chaos of trying to survive, you know, life on your own. Um, so, yeah, it, it's also a lot cheaper than a lot of the other university towns and I guess more major cities. Um, rent, you know, definitely took a lot less out of my budget than, say, it would have if I'd studied in Auckland, Wellington or... Um, you know, even Christchurch, I think. So that's that's one pro going for it as well. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, I guess Massey is quite specialised in what degrees you can do in a sense, but it's one of those things where if, if your passions lie in food tech or veterinary, it's, there's nothing wrong going down to Palmy and doing your um, studies there. No, nothing wrong with it at all. I mean, Massey does have an Auckland campus as well for food tech, um, but I guess the heart of it is really in Palmerston North, so that's why I chose to study there. So how how was your degree based? So is it is it kind of similar to you have your lectures, you have your labs, and what do you do in your labs? And what like just kind of give us like a quick rundown of your undergraduate degree. Yeah, sure. Uh, so the first few years a lot of the papers you do are shared with the other kind of Bachelor of Science students. So you do the same chemistry paper as them. So you have the same lab, same lab reports, um, all that sort of thing. You do have a few uh, food tech specific papers. So there's one where you have to do, they called it the project paper. Um, so you're in a group and you have to come up with a product development solution for a problem scenario that you're given. Um, and I think in first year they based it around an engineering without borders challenge. So that was quite interesting as well to try and um, immediately apply the very few skills and knowledge you have at that point to a real world problem. 
Um, so then as you progress through the years, your papers get you know, more specific to food tech and you end up um, yeah, sharing the papers with maybe a couple of engineers or sort of only other people studying food technology. But yeah, I mean, first probably two years, if you decided you didn't like food tech, you could transition to a Bachelor of Science and cross-credit those papers really easily. So um, I guess there's still some flexibility there. And how much test, taste testing do you do during food tech? I think that's a very important <laughs> question. The, that people the real question. Yeah, it is indeed. So again, like kind of first, second year, they're a bit more general. So um, maybe only in your project papers um, would you actually... I guess, have to be tasting food uh, that you needed for study, not just the usual kind of, hey, there's a new Whitaker's flavor out, let's go taste it. Um, and then sort of third year, fourth year, you have a lot more focused papers um, and you have a lot more pilot plant labs um, because Massey has a huge pilot plant that's, you know, basically miniature versions of all the processing equipment they use in industry. Um, so probably one of my favorites was third year. They have an ice cream machine, um, and over the course of three hours, I think each student got to make around 50 litres of ice cream each. Uh, and, and you got to take it home at the end, so, <laughs> I mean, it was a pretty good lab. Like, were, were people making really questionable flavours of ice cream, or, <laughs> you know, were they just making normal? Yeah, so, I mean, over 50 litres, like, it's, it's quite a bit, so you got to pick a few different flavours. Um, you did have one base recipe to work with, though, so you couldn't be... I guess unlimited in your options, but yeah, we had sort of 50 or so different uh, flavors we could add, and some people came up with some quite interesting combinations. Uh, there was definitely some sections of the uh, of the lab that you know the ice cream mysteriously disappeared, uh, and no one really wanted to take it home. <laughs> but yeah, for for the most part, they were kind of uh, you know good flavors. Feel like feel like we must out Lorenzo in our labs. I know, right? Oh yeah, the, like the only tasting lab I ever had was wine science, and you know, a bit different from pharmacology. But I mean, I took it, and you got to taste wine as part of your labs, like once a fortnight, I guess. Yeah, there's also a microbrewery at Massey for anyone interested in that as well. Um, so food tech and chemical engineers get a lot of access to that kind of towards the end of their degrees as well. Yeah, it's sounds sounds way better than all the labs that I did in Biomed. There was, I don't think I once consumed. The only time I consumed something was my lecturer made me a cocktail in a lecture, but that was a, that was a general educational paper as well. It wasn't even a science paper, so not a drug cocktail, but like a you know yeah, like a drinkable like cocktail, a like an alcohol yes, oh, yeah. like like an alcoholic <laughs> cocktail. No, I wasn't. I all just right. I, that he didn't just give me random pills for me to take just to see how I feel <laughs> after during the lecture. No, but yeah, it, well, hey, self experimentation has a long history in science, right? So yeah, not sometimes a, pays to check. <laughs> yeah, well, back back in the olden days, these days, yeah. ethics are a little bit. Uh, might might frown upon it, you might say, in a sense. Just a bit, yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, but it sounds like it sounds like it was like you really enjoyed it and you carried on because we, you kind of talked about it how, um, you did the Fonterra graduate program and I know that um, your dad did also work I guess in the deer industry as well. So is that so? How did you kind of go from doing food tech and then deciding that the Fonterra graduate program was kind of right for you and kind of talk about because I know that in the graduate program you kind of move around so you kind of do 
a little bit of everything in Fonterra. So how did you kind of go from food tech at Massey to the Fonterra graduate program? And then what'd you learn in the program? And then, yeah, and then where you are now. But we'll kind of just talk about the Fonterra graduate program. We can kind of talk about where you are now. Yeah, sure. So um, the Fonterra technical graduate, no, Fonterra graduate technical program, that's the way around it goes, um, is you know, a really great program because you get to study your master's while being paid to work for Fonterra at the same time. And you did this all within the space of a year. You also get to travel around four different factories um, and you have some input as to where you get to go. So I was lucky enough to choose South Island placements um, as I'd never really traveled around there. So got a bit of a fun ticky out of it, I guess. Um, and really got to enjoy seeing some of the scenery down there. Um, so in terms of why I chose to do the graduate program with Fonterra, I mean, as far as I could tell, there wasn't a better option out there in terms of uh, being able to kind of fast track career progression while also continuing education um, and getting paid to do it at the same time. Um, I think a lot of the other food industry employers do have some sort of graduate program, especially for food technology, um, because of a lot of a lot of the knowledge does have to be company and factory specific. Um, even if you've spent four years studying food technology, there's still a lot more to learn. Um, so a lot of them do have these programs to kind of quickly skill you up to suit their needs. Um, so it's kind of win-win for. I guess the employers and the students as well. Um, so if I hadn't done the Fonterra one, I probably would have done one of the other ones that say Heinz Waddies or Goodman Fielder also run. Um, to be honest, in terms of my dad previously working in the dairy industry, it didn't really click for me that, hey, this is kind of what he did until I'd already applied and sort of been offered the job and I was like, ah, oh, I don't want to do what my parents did. <laughs> Look, your, your, your dad is, yeah, he's... He's he's pretty he's pretty good though. Like he's what he's doing now. Yeah. So I mean But when you're a twenty something you're like, ooh, I don't wanna be like my parents. <laughs> I mean now it's like, yeah, actually he's um had a pretty successful career and he's a pretty smart guy. So if someone says, Oh, you take after your dad, I take that as a compliment now rather than an insult. <laughs> yeah. Lorenzo yep. Uh yeah, your early twenties is kinda of go, Nah, I don't wanna be like my parents and all that. As soon as soon as you get to older ages it's like ah i'm slowly turning into them look your dad's pretty cool i'm just gonna put it out there like lorenzo he 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 has like his own cider making company now and he has his own consulting company so i mean it's it's pretty it's pretty sick to be honest cider cider making company linked to your name yeah good uh cider job there (laughs) (laughs) sorry guys sorry (laughs) But no, plugging uh, the Cider Collective, if uh, anyone listening to this podcast does want to learn more about cider making, uh, there's several courses being run in Hamilton over the autumn period. Yeah, well, we've already name dropped a whole bunch of people. So we'll just, we had one person do a shout out already. So, I mean, we'll we'll, we'll chuck, we'll chuck in um, the Cider Collective's details um <laughs> along with your along with <laughs> your linkedin well we'll put you as number yeah. one and then we'll put the rest down as um just just for some uh, marketing and free marketing for your dad yep check the links in the bio yeah <laughs> yep. so <laughs> back back to your um 
Fonterra graduate program, did you did you kind of have to choose which area of, I guess, Fonterra you want to work in or did you kind of get exposed to all of it and then decide? Yeah, so everyone has to do the factory placements and you have to do, you know, one of four different types of factories. So protein, cheese, cream and milk powder. Um, and yeah, you have some input as to the location, but you are tied to doing those for, I guess, core type of factories. Um, after that, you go back to Palmerston North and you do some pretty heavy study. So kind of just in lectures most of the day with a couple of practicals thrown in for a few months. Um, and then after that, you get to do your masters. So they have a list of, you know, uh, quite a few different projects throughout the company that would meet the requirements um, academically for a master's and you get to kind of pick your top three from there and, and you'll get assigned it. So that's kind of the first input you have into where you would like to go in the company um, because the project that you choose um, kind of, I guess, builds up your knowledge more in that area and also um, kind of sets you up with those contacts and with the experience there too. So it was it was quite a worthwhile experience for you is what you're trying to say. Oh, for sure. But yep. was the application process, I, 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 I'm going, oh, that was a marathon. Yeah. How was, <laughs> how was that? Cause yep. I know that it is quite competitive to get into these graduate programs. So what was, I guess, what did it entail? And, um, was there like multiple interviews or was it just kind of like a aptitude tests and stuff? So how, how was the application process? Yeah, so to be honest, my memory is a little bit hazy now, but there's normally thousands of people who apply for this in somewhere between sort of 10 to 20 positions available, right? So it's um, not great odds if you're not well prepared for it. So I think, yeah, it's just the general submit your CV, couple of online tests. If you pass those, then you get a phone interview. If you pass that, then you go to an assessment center where you spend like the whole day. Um, in various kind of real life assessments and then just networking with a bunch of Fonterra people they put in a room to secretly assess you as well during your quote-unquote networking uh, and yeah from there then someone will get picked so it is quite intense um, but I think the general rule is network 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 again so for me before I applied for the graduate program I'd actually had two summer jobs with Fonterra before so I already had a, I guess, fairly good reputation um, thanks to my supervisors there. I had personal recommendations from them. Um, and, you know, all companies love people who have previous experience with them too. So that definitely helps. Yeah. So Lorenzo, was there anything that you wanted to ask before we kind of go into Grace's, what she's doing now? Nah, not really. It's, it's just really interesting to hear the different kind of, you know, perspective of of. I guess the food tech side and you know hearing about how the government programs run where you kind of go through different departments first instead of just getting uh, kind of hold into one department and getting stuck there for the whole program you actually get to experience different parts of the company and then you have that freedom or that agency towards the end to go into what you wanted to do that's that's quite cool yeah and I mean even if you don't get direct experience in those areas normally by then you at least know who to contact about those areas if you are interested and want to, you know, learn more. Um, because I think that's really invaluable as well, is just knowing who to ask 
to find out more about hey I make I maybe want to work in this area how do, how do I go about that what skills do I need and what does a typical day in the life look like yeah it's it's one of those things where like you said networking is very important and having profiles on LinkedIn or just anywhere is always good to kind of talk to people about how they got to where they are and like you said it's it's very important it's the people you know and you never know that one connection that you made or that one person that you talked to could be the I guess the tiebreaker of you getting into a program or a job as well it's like you said it's very important to kind of do it can be quite scary sometimes going out into the world um, or online and just messaging people and be like hi can I ask for your help or like just yeah you just have to put yourself out there and kind of see where it goes yeah I mean the worst they can say is no and nothing ventured nothing gained but I think most people you know unless they're say the CEO if you message them on LinkedIn and ask if they'd mind having you know a 10 minute call or a coffee or something um, a lot of them would actually say yes um, because a lot of people do want to kind of give back and help out students especially you know because they probably had someone who helped them when they were a student yeah it's all about I think that's what's so great about this community. It's that everyone kind of wants to give back because everyone would have struggled in one way or another and there would have been someone that helped them. And um, through my experience, I've done the whole LinkedIn thing and like a couple of people did reply and a lot of them who do reply, they're like, yeah, I want to, I understand where you're at. I was in that situation not that long ago and I want to support you as someone did for me as well so it's it's really it's kind of nice in that way that there are always people out there who are wanting to kind of just help you and give you kind of guide you in the right direction or just reinforces what you're doing is kind of correct yeah and I guess one other thing I'd recommend is a lot of universities have uh, practice networking evenings or actual networking evenings so try and make the most use of them I mean when I was at Massey I think maybe once or twice a year um, either IPENS or um, the university, IPENS being the um, New Zealand engineering professional body, um, or another organisation would run a networking evening where you could practice those skills in kind of a lower pressure situation. Um, because for a lot of people, it doesn't come naturally, myself included. And there's always free food and drinks as well. That's always a bonus as exactly. well. Exactly. That's the main thing. Yeah. <laughs> actually mentioned the um, LinkedIn thing and I was actually talking to a recruiter that, that uh, for a role that I applied for a while ago and you know he gave me a lot of advice about uh, cold calling and essentially using LinkedIn as part of your application process where you're you know you try to look for who the recruiter is you try to look for the hiring manager is and don't be afraid to approach them send them a connect send them a message and just you know introduce yourself to them and give them that extra that extra edge that you would have by actively going out of your way instead of just passively applying and stuff so you know like messaging them sometimes they'll have their phone numbers there or their emails there so that's really helpful you can just ring them so yeah i mean you are correct in that sense that it's definitely uh required nowadays to push out of your comfort zone and kind of go into that you know willingness to directly message people like hey i saw this advert on seek i've applied for it but i also wanted to ring you just so you know maybe we could talk a bit more about the role and so on and yeah i i heard that they like doing that they like that and it's honestly not a bad idea it's great for um it's great for learning and 
I guess, practicing your ability to speak and building up confidence too, and really improves your chances of landing different jobs. Yeah, for sure. Or you could also try, um, most job adverts will have a number for further questions. Even if you don't have a question, make one up, ring them and ask them, and at least you'll stand out as someone who's expressed an interest above and beyond the standard, you know, submit your CV online. Yeah, and like with those five to 10 seconds of the phone ringing and you don't have a question, you're bound to have come up with a question. That pressure is going to make you come up with one. <laughs> For sure. And it is, it is very important these days in terms of the current environment. Like there might be networking events that can't go on and then you have these Zoom networking events and it's a little bit more difficult if you do want to have one-on-ones with people. So it's always good to kind of go through that LinkedIn way and just kind of message and be like, oh, I was at this networking event, wasn't able to talk to you through Zoom. Can we have a coffee? There's, it's, there's boundless possibilities of how you can network with people and you just have to find... Everyone works differently, so you just have to find, um, I guess, the balance of what you can do and your capability of networking, and it's it's a learning experience. You'll get better at it. It's 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 it's, it's kind of ironic because you you've been told not to talk to strangers for for how many years when you're younger, and now networking is essentially talking to qualified strangers that could potentially help you in the future as well. Yeah, <laughs> definitely takes some getting used to and rearranging of your mindset as well yeah so um let's kind of talk more about where you are now so you once you kind of finished your Fonterra um graduate technical program where did you go from there and where are you now because I know that you are like we said at the start you are back in Auckland um in MIQ but let's kind of talk about that part of your career now so what did you do after the program and where you are now and how I guess how did you kind of progress to where you are now yeah sure so completed the graduate program as you mentioned and then went straight into another role in Fonterra um to be honest you'd be kind of stupid to quit the grad program and work for a different company when they spend all this time training you with a lot of very company specific knowledge and skills uh so I joined the technical accounts team where you work closely with specific markets and customers to ensure, I guess, Fonterra could meet their technical and quality needs and also answer any technical questions on the products applied or the application of them. Um, and during this time, I had a lot of um, development opportunities. So, for example, I got to participate in an internal startup competition and uh, my team even made it to the semifinals in Malaysia and, you know, had to give a kind of Dragon Den style pitch to... Um, yeah, judge panel of, you know, um, VPs and, you know, even the CEO. So, yeah, there's definitely room to grow um, in a lot of companies like that. Um, after that, I did an in-market placement in Dubai for a couple of weeks, uh, working on some problems they had there, um, and then kind of bounced around the North Island um, because the role wasn't really tied to a specific place. So I got to have further experience in different working areas there. So after almost two years of this, I decided to quit um, and then go backpacking through Europe. Uh, you know, the classic Kiwi Yoi, got to fit in at some point, so um, then was as good a time as any. And after that, we settled in Amsterdam and I applied for a job as International Customer Inquiries Manager for a cocoa company there and I've been working there since uh, 2019. And, and now you're back. 
unfortunately, due to... Um... Now I'm back, but working remotely. Uh, so still have my life in Amsterdam now. Uh, it's just not a very good time to be there, I guess. Uh, so yeah, we'll see how we go from here. But I think with most things in life, jobs included, being open to the options and I guess just reassessing your position is all you can do. Um, don't take it too seriously because you'll probably be all right whichever option you go. Yeah, it's all about that flexibility and we kind of talk about that in other episodes. So it's kind of like, it's, I guess you don't know what life is going to throw at you and it's, you're going to have to be able to adapt to it. Um, and just making sure um, that what you do is what's going to make you happy, I think, ultimately. And if it means moving, then that's fine as well. But yeah, it's, it's always good to kind of, and, and like, like Grace said, it's always good. You don't, you can always do your OE whenever, like you can do it before you study. Or you can do it after you study. It's never too late to kind of experience the world. And you can always do it as part of your job if you get a job that allows that. I mean, I had a friend who worked as a quality assurance auditor. And as part of that, you have to go audit different factories you know, all across um, the globe. And she got a lot of travel out of that. Yeah, it's, I, th I think for now, it's it's going to be difficult to be traveling. Yeah, that's true. It's, it's, it's it, the option is always going to be there. Like, don't, don't think that once you've done your degree, you've got your qualifications to be like, oh, I have to go straight into work. There's always time to kind of do your OE and kind of enjoy life and, figure out where you want to go do a bit of soul searching through your OE and just see where you really want to go um so we're I guess we're going to cut we're coming to the end of this um episode and the final question that we usually ask everyone is what advice would you give to someone who um kind of wants to do the food tech um go um go through the food tech route um was thinking about the Fonterra graduate program and I guess if you could go back to talk to 18-year-old Grace, what advice would you give to her and others kind of in the same situation as you were? Yeah, I mean, I'd say just honestly try not to worry too much. It'll work itself out. Just enjoy the journey. Um, yeah, I mean, even if you go down a path that you're not that keen on, you can change it. I mean, I know lots of people who started on one particular degree, then swapped halfway through and you know, it was the best thing for them um, because now they're doing something they really love. And if you hadn't have done that first degree in the first place, you wouldn't have discovered it maybe. So yeah, there's not really so many wrong decisions. It's just, you know, different pathways to get where you want to go. Um, so if you don't know what you want to do, I guess try and be proactive when you're at uni to discover this because it's a really good time in your life to do that. Um, you don't have to narrow it down to a specific job in a specific company, but just a general idea of what you do and don't like um, is great. Especially if you can maybe try and get some internships or summer jobs to get a little taster of what that role or industry is like. Um, or trying company open days to see that as well. Um, and I think we've already talked about it, but, you know, messaging people in the industry. Um, most people are happy to help. So, you know. Don't try and tough it on your own when there's a lot of people and resources out there to help you do it. 
Christian, yep. did you have any? Oh, Christian, sorry, Lorenzo, did you have anything? <laughs> I'm just thinking think of the next person that we're doing during the nah. episode. Okay, well, yeah. if that's all, uh, I'd like oh, to Oh, no, thanks. one final piece of advice, sorry. Um, make sure you listen to the Science Grad New Zealand podcast to help you on your journey. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> yeah, it's... Well, we're going to need as much support as we need. We're, we've, we've just started, um, and we're just... Yeah, well, th- like, in our intro episode, we didn't say that we're going to help a million people. We... We just want to help a couple of people who just hopefully one of these stories resonates with them. Um, but we'd like to thank Grace for um, spending her um, MIQ time with us today. Precious MIQ time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No problem, guys. Yeah, no, I know you were very busy with your, um, with your timing and stuff in your um, quarantine hotel. <laughs> just um, Yeah, lots of places to be. <laughs> yeah, think, I think you've got like another meeting in your um, in, in the kitchen area. Another um, meeting? <laughs> maybe maybe perhaps several bunnings warehouses to escape to you know maybe get some kbbq too yeah no thank you so much um so that's probably it and hopefully we'll you've learned something from here and we'll um well we'll talk to you soon i guess <laughs> that was a really weird ending but that should be enough <laughs> see you later guys <laughs> see ya see ya Thank you.